too many syllables. Too many? That's it's one too many syllables. Tell me, if someone tells you the name is Nase, oh yeah, I remember that. Nase, two two syllables. I Chosen will, title? I reject everything else. Why? I feel like it. You know, that's you, you that's feel the, like it. That's what I want. Were, to be were you called Nase back home as well? Oh yeah. Well, yes. Um, but my mom had a my mom like everyone would call me Nase except my mom. Your mom would call you Manase, right? No. What would she call you? Nana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is the name anyway? What is the name? Good question. Are you your name? Is your name you? All right, calm down, <laughs> boy. And we're back. Hi. Hi. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Podcast Abstractable. And today I have a friend who, um, I don't know how to describe him. His name is Manase Banda, right? But he always goes by the name, by the nickname Nase. It's not a nickname. That is my... Uh, <clears throat> no, that is not... No. That is my chosen title. If you guys didn't know, um, my friend here, he's an avid, avid uh, reader. Well, I shouldn't say reader. He loves audiobooks. Well, no. No, that that is not true. What? I recently got into audiobooks. See, I... Ha- I, I You've been talking my ear off, off of audiobooks the yes. entire, entire time I've known you. I've only gotten into audiobooks this summer. Like, really gotten into audiobooks. Huh. Before this summer, I'd only ever listened to one audiobook. And it's a 25-hour audiobook. And I haven't even gotten into the whole thing. What book is that? Uh, the Singularity is Near by Ray Kurzweil. Ray Kurzweil. Yeah. He's, one of he's, most, he's one uh, of the OGs, yeah. Yeah, one of uh, the big names in in uh, in the futurist. Uh, Philip K. Dick, Kurzweil, Isaac Asimov. Um, Nick Bostrom. I actually don't know Bostrom. That's the guy who uh, wrote the essay that um, talked about the whole uh, argument. Oh, he wasn't arguing for the simulation theory. He, uh-huh. It was just like one of those... He, he, he wrote an essay where he he basically like put out some arguments that some people used to support the simulation theory. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Nice. He, he wrote one of the more um, the more famous books on AI. I don't know if you've seen it. Super Intelligence with like an owl on the cover. No, I actually haven't. Yeah. Funny thing, I was actually just talking uh, sci-fi stuff, particularly about some uh, movies that were influenced by Philip K. Philip K. Dick, right? Hmm. Right? Um, I actually don't know who that is. Uh, the guy... Um, what, do you, what do you write? Blade Runner. Mm. Like when he wrote, he wrote, um, he wrote, uh, do electric sheep. What was, what was the name of the book? I keep, I keep messing it up. Mm. Do electric sheep dream or mm. something to that effect. Oh. And basically that book is basically, uh, the idea is if you have an artificial intelligence, uh-huh. is it, can you bring it sufficient, uh, consci- uh, sufficiently to the point of consciousness where mm. it could even conjure up things that we call dreams mm. would a machine dream in the future man this and basically that's how that's that book that's kind of where the car- uh... that book is and then uh they they riffed off of that when making blade runner oh okay yeah it's, it's it's funny there's a bunch of interest in artificial intelligence not much in artificial consciousness you know you know one thing because I'm, I'm not a psychology major or whatever but one thing that just surprises me is how puzzled people are by this thing that is consciousness because no one no one 
can pretend that they actually they know, actually what, know it what it is. Because the, the truth is, it, no one knows what it is. Like, personally, I like to take... Um, when I'm trying to wrap my head around what consciousness is, I don't like to look at it from like a bio- biology or psychology perspective. I like to... One of my favorite philosophers put it really well. He basically described consciousness as... Imagine a gust of wind, right? That's... that The only thing this gust of wind wants to do is to flee itself. And his main argument basically was that... Well, all consciousness is consciousness, consciousness about something, right? So consciousness is this gust of wind that is coming out of you and is latching onto things around you. Because every... Every mind is, every, every consciousness is, is, is of something or about something, something like that. Yeah. I mean, as much as, and it, it just, I, I, I don't. But you understand how sometimes someone from a different, from someone from the other side of the table can look, it can listen to you and be like, that sounds like a whole lot of woo woo stuff. Yeah. You know? And which is, like, I don't try to, cause I mean, I'm. Like as I said, I don't really, really understand why something could be conscious. Because, because, I just look I, for an explanation that's good enough for me. I'm like, okay, uh, this, this, this works with the way I see the world. So you know, I'm, go- I'm going to go with this. I mean, think about it like this. I, I, I mean, um, I'm not gonna pretend like I know like exactly where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm only a psych major, uh-huh. right? But think of consciousness as software. Hmm. Look at a computer program. Uh-huh. It, ha- it it the software it, it, the computer program that you see running on the screen. This very result, this very thing that you see here, is uh-huh. the result of a whole bunch of ones and zeros. Yeah, right. And what we know about the brain is exactly that. That basically it is just a bunch of ones and zeros in just the form a bunch of, of neurons, neurons yeah. right? And a very particular firing pattern of neurons brings about an idea Mm. right and therefore if a certain idea is brought about by a certain particular firing of neurons Mm. maybe our entire consciousness is just one big idea Mm. that is created within our brains Ah, we the, have stimulus that influences the way that that that, uh, that uh, firing process occurs, mm-hmm. but the brain interprets that and then produces its. You might say that we're hallucinating our own reality. It's not necessarily true, but it's also not not necessarily not necessarily false. Mm. Like, it's kind of weird Who when are you think you? Of, Descartes. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. I ah! think therefore I am. I think therefore I am, right? What was the Latin? Cotigo ergo sum, right? Yeah, yeah. Co- yeah. Co- yeah, something. No, 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 not cotigo, cogito. Cognito? cognito? No, no, cogito. Cog. The only part I remember C-O-G. is ergo sum. Yeah, ergo sum. Yeah. I think therefore I am. And then a whole bunch of people think they're really clever, and then they decide to take that pattern of phrasing, and then they, mm. they, uh, they apply their own spin on it. Like one time, I read something uh, about social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something about, and then this this author titled thought he probably thought it was really smart. I mean, who knows? Maybe he had a great insight. But uh, he uh, he titled the article, uh, "I share, therefore I am." Huh. That's that's funny. I, I you know, 
I can't really harp on the guy because I think that's good enough. That's close, close to clever. If the if clever, if it is actually clever, in my opinion, because you know we live in an age where people like to share a whole bunch, everything, including like I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna pretend like I, even I don't. Mm. And I used to be one of those people who like uh, social media, but even these days, even I find myself doing it. I don't know why. Like the Everyone motivations, the way our motivations, how they influence our behaviors is. How many books have you read where they, where they touch on this subject? There, of social media? Not social media necessarily, but our behaviors. Um, I haven't necessarily read a book that focuses on behavior. What about motivation? Motivation. Because, again, if to, to behave some way, you need to have motivation behind it, right? Um, Sometimes even unconsciously. Mm, no, I, I haven't read any book specifically on behavior, but one of the books on my uh, to-read list, that's uh, second on my wait Tell list right sapiens. now. No, I, I, Sapiens was, I think, the first book I read this summer. Uh, it's this then book what is called, Sapiens uh, about? Oh, Sapiens is about the, his, the entire history of the world. Oh, of hu- of uh, humans. But it, within within that history, it mm-hmm. doesn't dive just a bit into, into, behavior? into, into human behavior, general behavior no, no, and no. stuff like that? No. Um, who, so, wrote, who wrote the book? Yuval Noah Harari, an Israeli Noah. professor. He's a very interesting guy. Mm. Like... I think I've said this before. He probably showed up on one of the uh, Joe Rogan podcasts. No, he's never been. Joe Rogan has talked about his book because he was reading um, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century and he brought it up in one of his podcasts. And uh, uh, Sapiens is actually on Joe Rogan's book list. Really? Yeah, but he's never got the guy on his podcast because everyone wants him to be on their, podca- on their podcast, you know? Like... And the funny thing about him is every year he takes 30 days to go on like some meditation retreat. Really? Yeah, he, he does a lot of meditation. He meditates like two hours uh, two hours a day. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, Rogan ended up getting even Jordan the, Jordan B. Peterson hmm. on his podcast. You know, you'd think, that, you'd think that's one of the biggest... Do you like Jordan Peterson? Um, I've swung all different, all manner of ways when all it comes right. to that guy because I don't hate him. Hmm. I... Um, however, having said that, mm-hmm. he walks a very fine edge between this person is brilliant and this person is highly dangerous. Oh my, that's, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I feel. Right? He walks a very fine edge. Yeah. So fine that I find it difficult to even recommend him, even though mm. I find I see the brilliance in at least some of his work. Yeah, when when he's or, when he speaks, you're like, oh, this guy knows what he's saying. But then, right? it's not just that he knows what he's saying, but it's, it's some his stuff makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you can say that about any number of like people who are just charismatic and, and mm-hmm. you just like to uh, pull the wool over your eyes and so to speak. But um, He's a clinical psychologist. He's been there for a long time um, at the University of Toronto. And, uh, and uh, you know, he only, he's been there doing his thing quietly up until a few years ago where he blew up because yeah, of because this of weird that, con- that controversy, right? Yeah, some, some bill was supposed to be passed in Parliament mm. and uh, he came out against it. Something about free speech, I think. Mm. Um, but, yeah... When you when you when you look at these people who uh, how uh, how many people just would you ever write a book in in your future? Me? Yeah. Like I don't even know what I'd write about to be honest. I I feel I know nothing. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm just an idiot. Okay. So just... what kind of person does it take to think like you know something to so much that uh-huh. you will put down 
a book for people to buy and listen to your ideas. Okay, so the, here is how I how I like to view thinkers mm. or just people with strong ideas. I, I like to view just thought, thought from a person as like a, a mountain, you know? Mm-hmm. So people accumulate ideas as they grow up throughout life. They, you know, they learn things from here, learn things from there. They think about things and then they add these ideas to their mountains, you know? And then what they do is when they're speaking, they take people on their thought mountain and give them a view of the world. And the more like brilliant people are the ones who, you know, take people higher and give them a better view of what exactly is going on, you know? So I think the people that go around to writing books are the ones who, um, who've, who've built up uh, quite, a, quite a lot of ideas on this thought mountain of theirs and they show, show them to people and then people are like, yeah, this, uh, this, this, this checks out, you know? But it does beg the question of whether these ideas are sound. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's true because I like to look at it as, no one perspective can give you an entire view of the world. Because, like, for example, right, you would, let's say someone, give like, sticking with this uh, mountains of thought uh, or ideas analogy, right? So let's say someone gives you, a, gives like, their thought mountain is only as tall as Pemina, uh, Pemina uh, Residence Hall, right? So, you know, you stand on the top of the building and you're, see, you're looking around you and you're like, oh, man, this checks out, I can see around me. And you start to think it's, it's sort of deluding yourself into thinking everything else is like this small area I'm observing. You get what I mean? So there's people who give you such a shallow view of the world that um, you actually think you're looking at so much when you actually don't even know what, what's happening outside, you know? Like imagine you're just looking at you. Your over horizon there. is so close to you, you don't even realize. Exactly, right? So now imagine the, the more brilliant authors. Like I genuinely think Yuval Noah Harari is one of the few people on earth right now who gives people a very he's, he's accumulated so many of these ideas and thoughts he gives you such a a bird's eye view what kind of academic was he he's a history professor he's he talks about things that are outside the realm of history and what i like about him is when he's um trying to he's trying to make a, a grand statement he'll use so much history he'll talk about shit that's happened in the past origins of so many different ideologies and it's it like it gives weight to sort of the the grand statement he's trying to make. Like um, the book he wrote after Sapiens, Homo Deus, is a book. It's a book about the future, but two thirds of the book is history. I mean, it only makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, you can only you no one can really tell what the future is, but you can certainly mm. extrapolate what you think based off the past, based yeah. off behavioral patterns of the past, right? Yeah. What do you think the future is going to be like? Like uh, my previous episode, uh, if you listen, if you didn't listen to it, I uh-huh. was talking about how uh, our 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 boy Elon Musk uh, recently. Sorry, uh, I had to uh, crouch over and pick up my phone. Um, recently, had to crouch over and pick up your no, phone. No, right? re- <laughs> Elon Musk recently came out with this thing where. Uh, it's a much more advanced uh, neural interface ah, technology. Neural, the whole Neuralink thing. Right. And uh-huh. his, his idea is that, look, eventually AI is going to be way smarter than we are. We might as well yeah. team up with it. It's already from happening the now. I mean, now... Okay. It's, it's, I it's, get what you mean, but... It's coming. Like, okay, would you explain? Okay. So, you know, AI is very powerful right, right now, mm-hmm. as as things stand. By the way, just to pause for a bit, you, got, you guys should know that uh, Manasseh here is a computer science major. So, yeah, but I'm a... So you should, you, should, you should hold him to his word. I, you I, should I, hold him to his bullshit. I'm a computer science major, but I know nothing. Okay, I'm just an <laughs> idiot. Go yeah. on. So, uh, uh, like, 
AI right now is very powerful as it is, right? Like with all these uh, machine learning techniques that are really popular and whatever, right? But these are discrete, right? What do you mean? They're discrete. They only do one specific task. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very general. I, based off the the number of people that want to get into AI though, I think, you know, when you have more people working on this field, I think, aside from the number of people that are rushing into the into the industry, trying to get into AI and everything, I think, it's just going to get a lot more intelligent once we get more data. And I don't even know what I'm saying. No, 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 no. I don't you, know if you, I'm you, answering your question. No, yeah. no, you are. Okay, yeah. here, here, here's the thing. This is what we, within the past few years, we've seen the massive rise of what, what, what's now known as big data. Mm-hmm. Right? And what we know is that we can train neural networks mm-hmm. on huge data sets. And once they've been trained over multiple, what do you call it? iterations like once have been oh, the the training data used yeah is... yeah like, like, like when, when it encounters um let's say when it when it learns oh this is false this is the correct one hmm. what, what what is that instance called um i don't know i'm not an i don't specialize in ai i just I, like to i, I work think with i AI remember i think i know what the word is i just can't remember the top of my head hmm. but basically when it goes through uh, every trial let's every just, trial yeah, this, yeah let's, let's use the word trial trial yeah. is actually a great word um if you, you can train a, a neural network on large s- amounts of data, large amounts of data in so many trials within a short within a short period of oh, time, yeah. yeah, it's all all you need is computation, uh, computation power and a large amount of data, and boom. that's it. Yeah. So, so you can accelerate learning extre- extremely quickly. Oh yeah. So when you couple that that advancement of that the intelligence of the technology to an, to an nth degree and you couple that with the ability for it to collect massive amounts of data and, and if, it's all available to us because we have social media social media google we, google is right there we are, every exactly. every piece of knowledge you have we're dumping it in one form yeah, or another for the onto, sake of onto convenience the, for the, onto the internet right yeah. so one can postulate there's a fancy word for oh, you postulate oh. postulate that in the future, uh-huh. we will move, we will see the gradual uh, formation of a singularity, if you will, from discrete AIs into one generalized intelligence. And mm. like a... basically, and once you have generalized, generalized intelligence, you really are not that far off from maybe, just maybe, that is A, what consciousness actually is, mm-hmm. or B, only a few steps, a few steps away from where consciousness is. Mm. Once we get to a generalized intelligence, and it can understand your natural language patterns, and mm-hmm. you don't have to even feed it any more data. You just yeah, it's because it comes pre-trained. Not even pre-trained, but really, it uh, the the algorithm is so good that no, it like... doesn't take that much data. That's basically because okay, if you think about it, all right. Um, if, you, okay. if you look at it from the base level, so I, I think just to sort of yeah. clarify on this, I, the way um, you should think of AI is that the algorithm is just a shell of what it is. I know, and, and then the and the data is the content. The right? trained data is every, you know th- those are its memories basically. That's its brain. I understand knows, you. However, uh-huh. if you look at the base of what we can actually see and touch of what the bra- of what we see in our brains, right? Uh-huh. It is literally molecules put together into what uh, into what these things are called uh, cells mm-hmm. that these particular kind of cells are called neurons and within a, spe- a particular pattern 
They fire a certain way. They, they fire a certain way, and all of a sudden, you it can gather it can gather data, mm -hmm. learn from it, mm -hmm. and and move on, make right? Yeah. M make assessments and judgments and all that, and make Based decisions, right? Things that it's right? encountered in the past. The only data it is getting is in real time. Mm. Yeah, the only it's only in real time, and it's just general data. Mm -hmm. It's just within just the stuff that's in the environment. It's right. not. It's not stuff that has happened before. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, a past experience with. Uh... Hmm. All right. Wait. Do you know why we have phobias? Phobias. Yeah. Uh, Do you have an, uh, even uh, an inkling of why we have phobias? Yes. Why? Um, encounters in childhood that leave you traumatized. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. My, I just bumped my mic. Good. That's good. However, think bigger. Why do I find a spider extremely creepy? I've evolved. I've evolved. Evolution. To find yeah, exactly. Okay. Right? Right? Mm -hmm. Evolution in how... Oh my god. Almost every other episode, I keep going back to fucking evolution. What the hell's wrong with me? Man, this is where, a, this, this is a where weird... Where's the religious people? You know? Bro. Like, bro. Like, I'm... I, I like talking about there's evolution a, there's with a, a there's, very religious there's a, people. There's yeah. a special place in hell for me. But anyway, hmm. if you look at evolution, okay, it is maybe one giant prolonged uh, uh, training algorithm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. On that, yeah, that's what it is. Right? Yeah. So, but that training algorithm mm -hmm. got to a got us to a point where. We're aware of what's our, going on. Our, our brain grows this, this, this ability to take in just general data. It doesn't know that fifty thousand years ago my ancestor was killed by some venomous spider, mm -hmm. right? But that algorithm, but that that data is inside that that data in is still a way within, it's within encoded in a way exactly right? through our genes, right? Yeah. Interesting. So, so it's still so, so some you, kind of training data. Okay, so therefore you could say... No, but that's the thing. It shaped the algorithm, but it's not really the data, is it? Huh? It is the data. Hmm. The, al the algorithm is just is what works on this data. It knows, okay, okay, this is what I have to do. But based off this much data that I have... Think of a cookbook, right? right. And there's all these instructions. And there's, you know, a person... So through years of, of, not years, but like through learning how to cook, you know how to, okay, that's how I, I accurately bring to life what I see in this cookbook. You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you see, um, I, I don't, I don't, I can't think of any food off the top of my head. You see rice. some, yeah, rice, you see rice on the, in the cookbook and then you follow the instructions and you, you do shit and you're like, okay, let me try again. And you keep doing it and doing it and doing it. That knowledge you've accumulated over that time is what... Is that's your training data? That's what you use to sort of build from that. You get what I mean? I okay. I think I I think I'm 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 closer to getting you, but at the same time we are. Uh, is there someone at the door? I live I live in uh, uh, late ah, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. I live in an apartment building, so sometimes there's noises that I can't control. It's, it's the demons. It's quite unfortunate, really. It's but the demons. You know, we we can still roll with it. Yeah. But uh, so evolution is one giant elongation training program, mm -hmm. right? And it produces us. Yeah. Therefore, therefore, can you say that if we apply that logic to artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. if we are trying to get to 
A, consciousness, or conscious AI, or B, just generalized intelligence, mm-hmm. you would have to... Uh, let, let's work our way backwards then with that logic. Mm-hmm. Where, would, where, would, where would this... How would this go through? Does that mean we just combine all the discrete uh, AIs and all the general learning patterns that we've come to learn? Into one giant super intelligence? Basically. That's how I see it. Again, then, I don't... Re- but I'm then not, do you... Uh, but once you have that intelligence, is that just a super advanced algorithm or is just a super advanced algorithm coupled with a shit ton of data? There you go. Yeah. Super advanced algorithm coupled with a whole lot of data. Oh, tr- data Because the way I see it is... Knowledge. Let's not look at it as... Because as, when we say data, I think the term is kind of loaded. We're thinking of data as what it's going to act on, right? So no. let's look at it. Let's refer to this, uh, what it knows as knowledge, which is... Uh, My two cents theory, you know, it's not very... It's, it's not mm-hmm. worth a lot, but uh, is that once you come you come to a place where you have that algorithm mm-hmm. it's dangerous and super intelligent in of itself it doesn't even need the data mm. because it can, because once you have that algorithm mm-hmm. it can extrapolate stuff just within its local oh, yeah, environment but then right for it for you to get to that state it, w- it it would need some pre-existing knowledge of what everything is and how to work with everything you get what i mean yeah so just having the algorithm like it's an algorithm is essentially just a set of instructions mm. like a cookbook yeah i mean yeah see i'm i think i'm i'm having a hard time wrap my, wrapping my head around the analogy of 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 uh, human intelligence and mm-hmm. uh, evolution because mm-hmm. i'm still i think i'm still stuck on the idea that our evolution we i think it's an algorithm that builds an algorithm Mm-hmm. A set of instructions that builds another set of instructions. Exactly. Okay. Right? I think when you, what you say is uh, uh, my ancestor being bitten 50,000 years ago, and that's why maybe I'm a, I find spiders creepy, I don't think that's, that's necessarily data that is inbuilt and encoded into the algorithm. I think it is just a, complex, a, a complexity of the algorithm that has been expanded upon. Do you know what I mean? Do you, I don't know if I'm even making sense here. I don't know if I'm even making um, sense to all of you guys there. Like, I do think, you know, your DNA carries, it, it carries a small amount of data. And then based off that small amount, the rest is built on top of that. You get what I mean? Like, you do, you, you because, don't start, you know, because when it's, it's like just, a video game. Because even DNA itself, it's just code. It's yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's sort of binary. It's, there's it is some amount four. of data it's there. All, it's base four. There's some amount of data ATCG. there. ATCG. I've no 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 that no 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 that is that is the thing. Uh-huh. So let me let me just expand just a bit because even then I don't want to make make myself look like an idiot here. If information is ones and zeros, okay, uh-huh. then our DNA is information. All right, I take that back right there because ones and zeros is what data with the binary that we work with when it comes to like computer technology and whatnot. Uh-huh. But our DNA is just based on, instead of two, it's, it has four. It has adenosine, uh, thymine. Um, cytosine mm. and guanine atcg and your whole dna structure is based on those four base nucleotides mm. that's basically it that is your dna that is your dna huh. so it's a, a set of pre-existing so let's look at what dna is so dna gets passed on from one generation to the next mm-hmm. And, and it, it the, changes, algorithm, it the algorithm the is evolution. Uh-huh. The algorithm is evolution. The overall, the overarching algorithm is evolution. Right. Okay. 
and then through the algorithm, data is built on. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it really built on? Not necessarily, because yeah, yeah, it gets added. It, it, it gets it, added to and gets subtracted to as well. Mm, okay. Um. So yeah, okay, fine. I think. <laughs> Guy, oh, I told you. I'm, 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 the places that we we just went to. I'm an idiot. You know, um, I don't specialize in AI. You know, my interest in AI because I'm a software engineering major. Yeah. So my interest in AI is okay, man. How can we? Uh, let's add text to speech to this. Uh, can we cuss on this? This bitch. You want to okay, say this yeah. bitch, right? Yeah, let's I add text so. to speech. Let's add text to speech in this bitch. Oh, man, we need um, we need optical character recognition. Okay, cool. See, I, if I have no idea, I, I just know AI at a high level. Okay, machine learning or neural networks. Yeah, you haven't really delved del- 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 deep into it, but you, don't you yeah. want to? Um, I've never because really... G- given given that, you know, it's kind of where everything is headed now, right? True, that is true. But I, I don't think that it's wise to dive into how to actually um, like to, to go to learn it at a very low level. I think it's good enough to understand it at a, hi, at a high level, but still knowing exactly what's going on. You get what I mean? I think you're coming from the perspective of you just want to use it as a tool. Exactly. You, I don't you don't really want, want to, you're, you're, you're not interested in working into its component level mechanics and maybe yep. uh, maybe yep. that's what academia is going to be focusing on. Yeah, because for me, every time I want to use every application I need of, uh, for AI is something that's already been done. Yeah. So, so I just so why you know, reinvent the GitHub. wheel, right? Exactly. I just searched GitHub like, oh man, this guy has done you know this optical ca- character recognition library. Let me use that. That kind of thing. Let me ask you something. How do you feel about just the idea of copying someone else's code? Well, I mean, is it is it is, is it fair that as if for the fact that they voluntarily uploaded their mm. code samples onto the internet, then then it's they wanted that to happen. So they put it out there. So to, it's it's cool that you just co- copy their code oh, yeah. as long as it does the job, right? Oh, yeah, as long as it does the job, they're do, they're contributing to the great flow of information. So right. every, everything's fair game. As so, long as so why don't so why don't uh, professors <laughs> why don't professors don't allow you to do that? Oh, like for assignments? Yeah. Well, because like you're not learning then, you know. Because think of it this way, like there's, you know, there's some idiots, there's profs who don't change assignments year over year, right? And people put their assignments up on GitHub just for the sake of having a bunch of repositories up there. Now with GitHub, you can make private repos where some people make it public. Yeah. So I remember this was when I took, um, I forget which course this was, I think 2160. Um, This one guy put up his whole... Like the last assignment was up on GitHub. It wasn't. It wasn't even entirely correct, but it was like right there, and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay, cool." So it's like, okay, but so what was the point? Because uh-huh. you can't copy from that because the prof will know, right? They won't really know. I mean, how do they catch plagiarism when it comes when it comes to code? Do they have do, okay, do so they run it through here, that program? Here's, here's my theory. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Oh, they just say it to scare you. Don't copy. Blah blah. No one checks. You know. Because, my, let me tell. Let me tell. Like how this is how the uh, when I took twenty one fifty. This is how the markers used to do it. Okay, they would, um, basically when you write your code and you run it and everything, you put it out to the. You you have to output everything to the command line and then you just copy that, put it in an output.txt file. So when they're marking your work, they check the output.txt file first. If they see any, if they detect any anomalies in there, then they check your code. Wait, wait, wait. I need you to re- rewind. Okay. So basically, when you run, you run your program. Right. Right. 
it's just a bunch yeah. of code. It's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it does something, and okay. then usually it, it's supposed to output something to the the terminal, mm-hmm. right? Then you copy the terminal output okay. and put that in a text file okay. that you submit with your assignment. That makes sense. Yeah. So when your assignment's being marked, the markers check the text file first. The output. To see the, to see that the result intended the result, result is yeah reached. because if, if the intended result is reached it means you did it right okay so based off what my prof told me at the time they check the output file and then if they see something is off then they check your code yeah because I'll never forget when I did um I remember I submitted this one assignment and I remember because it was an assignment that kept uh, it was like a cumulative assignment so. From assignment two, it, it would, uh, on assignment three, it would build on top of what we did in the second one. So I remember um, I shit the I didn't really shit the bed on the second assignment. It it basically uh, I'm getting too technical, but when the prof gave us the assignment, he gave us a bunch of test cases. So we basically wrote our code just to pass those tests, right? Mm-hmm. So you know when the tests were passed and everything, the like all we had to do was pass the tests. So implementation could be shit. Now I made a bunch of mistakes in my the, the way I had implemented it, but it was it, just it was just shit code. Yeah, it was shit code, and there was a bunch of mistakes. But it passed the tests, right? You know, uh-huh. so that's all, all. That's all they wanted. They, okay, does it pass the tests? Okay, cool. Uh, is the output okay? Cool. That's that, compl- that's completely different from yeah. my experience. So like, I think when they say, "Oh, don't copy from whatever," they don't really check because the markers are just are just like a bunch of TAs or grad students that are marking like hundreds of assignments. They don't have time to read every single person's code. Because you know? I, I have a friend who uh-huh. was basically, he was, ex- I don't know how to say this. He was caught for, he was caught for plagiarism, but he didn't plagiarize. What, what happened was a girl that he was helping copied mm-hmm. his code and he got in trouble. Oh. So maybe it's some profs. And maybe- yeah, honestly, I guess it depends on the course. I, I, yeah. I, I'm, this is just, it's just my theory. Because I know there's also some profs who like, they actually stress more on the, on how the code is structured and not even the intended result. Because hmm. I remember, I, I, I can't, I will never forget my first uh, Python assignment where you have to. That's mo- 1012, right? 1012, yeah. Oh, that where was you have to, millions you, of years ago. You have to, uh, what was it? Let, let me see if I can remember it. You had to, uh, you had to do the actual calculation for pi. Ah, to a, to a certain error level, right? Uh-huh. And I did it, okay? Uh-huh. And I got close to the error level that even the prof had in the in his example, right? Uh-huh. But he told me, yeah, but this is all wrong because you done it in a, in a way that, no, I, I didn't say. Uh-huh. So, I'm like, okay. I mean, I ended up beating it because I ended up getting a, an error level that was, that was even better than his, what, uh-huh. which meant nothing to the guy. He was an asshole. The only one. Is that Randy Cooper? Yes. That's the guy that always come with the Coke and like put it on the yes. table. He'd come like Oh my candy. God, I forgot his name. You just remember. Man. Randy. Oh, uh, sorry, not to disparage uh, this uh, professor's oh, name I, I on the internet. But yeah, that was him. Yeah, that's him. He, he, you can't impress him. I, I always remember him because he was my first... Because I had just come here and it was the first computer science course I took. And it, it was mind-blowing. It was, it, like, it was oh, an, shit. This well, is like university-level stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you, 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 you couldn't impress a prof. It was actually annoying. See, with some people, he, he might actually discourage them from continu- continuing in c- computer science. Um, I don't know. I think, though. That, that, that kind of prof where you, 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 if you offer zero encouragement, come on. Mm. When you do something good, actually. 
Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. Honestly, I think, though, that if you're going into computer science, if you're not self-motivated, then if, if one prof that if one prof is not encouraging enough, I'd, I'd, and then you're like, oh, fuck this, fuck this faculty. I, f- I think you, yeah, yeah, that's true. you've been thinking of not even being in computer science. That's what I think, you know? True. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. I guess that works. But if w- w- what if the prof is your first? It, it, so, you know, sometimes you only start with one computer science course. Mm-hmm. That's that, that, become, that becomes it becomes a pathway to all the other ones, right? Yeah. It's basically the gate. Mm-hmm. And what if you inc- when you ca- what if you encounter that situation at the at the gate? At the gate. I mean, if like as I said, you know, if you, this is something you really want, you're super excited about computer science, then like a shitty prof is like, oh, whatever. Uh, if if I do well on the course, and I'll f- see, I'll go to the next level and see if the if the prof is shitty. Oh well, if I did well, I'll go to the next level and try. Like my ten twenty prof was actually terrible. I can't even remember this Who man's name. I don't know. Ten twenty Java two. Yeah, it was ja- uh, Java two. Yeah, it, they they did the thing where they 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 made you jump from Python into Java two, right? Yeah, like it's it's it wasn't that big of a deal because like when I when I was back home, I. I went to a college back home, and that's where I learned Java. So it was it wasn't new to you, but imagine if it was mm. something new. To oh, especially the kids coming from ICM, right? Right. Yeah, that's like, it's crazy. I I think they're aware of that though, because they, uh, I've learned that in in recent years they've actually implemented ten ten now. Really in ICM? Yeah. Now that's cool. <laughs> imagine if if ten ten existed way back when. I wouldn't have had. Like, I wouldn't have had to take a. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't have had to take Python. Honestly, that, that course I think wasn't that bad. What Python? Uh, ten twelve. Yeah. I, I. I. No. No. Bad. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying. I'm not ne- necessarily saying it's bad. Mm-hmm. Or it was bad. But. Python and then jumping straight into Java two. Mm. Can only. Like fifty percent of the class. Is going to find it extremely difficult, and the other fifty percent is going to find it okay. That, that, that's fair. That's fair. Because it would be much more fair to just start them off with with uh, with uh, processing, and then sh- shift them into Java too, mm. uh, instead of just making them do Going Python, from Python, and then onto. Because yes, you still learn a bunch of uh, uh, software development skills in Python, but at the same time, you know, honestly. There's no software. De- I I honestly don't think there's any real software development skills. Okay, that not come necessarily from. software development. Okay, maybe I'm wording it wrong. Is it? Okay, if software de- development skills is the wrong word, then maybe just just al- programming techniques. Exactly, algorithm building skills. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. sorts and stuff. Yeah, man, Comp Ten Twenty is like in hindsight. You know, I remember taking that because I'm like, is man, it, is it baby stuff? This no. this this is so. It's fucking oh man, this is so challenging. I'll never forget. There's there's this basic there's basically this one concept in computer science called recursion. Yeah, this is something that oh I think I I I, like, I do know what recursion is. It's basically something that feeds into itself, right? Yeah, it calls keeps yeah. calling itself to yeah. reaches a base case. Right, man. When I'd learned about that for the first time in ten in ten twenty, but isn't I was that like this... we, we were we were doing that even in comp no. even in Python with uh, with, with factorial uh, uh, factorial I actually couldn't factorial uh, what's the word. When when we yeah. when we had to use factorials in calculating something, that's basically a recursion method. Hmm. I actually Isn't can't it? I can't remember much of what was in ten twelve, but yeah. where that that whole thing got a name was in ten twenty, and at, I remember at the time I was like, oh my god, this is so hard. This is so hard. Looking back now, like oh my goodness, man, because every like, if ten twenty is hard. What comes after is you know if you can't do ten twenty, I think if if 
10, 20 is just like impossible. I think, you know, it's not going to get a lot where, easier. Where you are right 21, now, 40, 21, 60. Where, where you are uh, right now, it's easy, to, it's easy to look back and be like, yeah, that's yeah, stuff. Because you get, you get used to it. You know? Yeah. I mean, have you ever thought about like where you are right now, right? Mm-hmm. When was the last time you took a cal- oh, I, sh- I think you're the wrong person to ask. Calculus? Yeah, not even calculus. Um, I should uh, I should ask a uh, an arts major, you know, something someone who's like majoring in history or something. Mm-hmm. How comfortable they would be in a, is, is sitting in a fourth grade math class, huh. right? Because you remember yeah. the kind of hell that was, right? Yeah, just just intro level calculus. Like, bro, what the hell is this shit? Wait, you guys were doing intro level calculus in fourth grade? No, in fourth grade. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said fourth year. No, calcul- fourth grade. Oh, fourth grade. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I'm talking way back. I'm talking. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. In fourth grade, you thought it was hell, right? Whatever math class you were in, right? Unless you learned right? math, right? Man. But. Those but, fractions. Oh my but, god. But you get past it, right? Hmm. And let's say you still haven't done much more math even after that, right? Mm-hmm. When you go back much older and sit in that math class, is it going to be that difficult again? No. No. Because even if... You, I, I, I think I think it, the, the difficulty comes from just being able to understand what is happening. Sure. When you're introduced to the concepts for the first time, it's... Like wrapping your head around them is kind of like, oh, this is so foreign. But then when you do it a bunch of times, you're like, oh, I get it. Hypothetically, you even if that that was your last math class and mm-hmm. then you kept on going and then just doing arts courses, like humanities right? courses, you're still employing what you learned in that math class in everyday life, right? So mm. even when you go back to that math class after having a, uh, spent a long, long stretch of time without doing it, mm-hmm. it's not going to be foreign to you anymore, right? True. Because you just apply it to everything, uh, just uh, general. What do you call it? Everyday life. Yeah. Every, every, everyday life, yeah. Do arts majors have to take uh, they, a they, math course? I, yeah, they, yeah, I think they do. Uh. I, I, at least one math course. I think it's something... It doesn't have to be high level. I wonder if my audio is going to cut out here. Uh, it doesn't have to be... I, I think it has to be something... Um, you know, something like Math 1010 or something. Man, university is a funny thing. Like... You, 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 you Trust me, the chorus of people saying university is a scam is just rising rising okay. it's been going is uh, people started since the early late 90s right yeah, it's, 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 but it's, it's, it's been steadily rising yeah because okay like let me give an example and it's of, weird um, to us who are not from north uh, f- who are not from the western world hmm. right but go on in what, okay so like you know you take a course right and you know you, you you have a midterm you do well in the midterm sometimes don't you don't you feel that oh man i still don't know anything even if you're doing well and yes. I, I, yes, I don't know. Like I'm because doing well in no, this no. game we've set up of having I, an exam to test how, like, to test what you are taught in class, but not how deeply you understand this concept. The way I view computer science is, it's sort of like a, it's a tool, you know. I don't like to look at it as this is something I want to do for the rest. Of, I don't want to be writing code for the rest of my life. I don't want to be, like, I, I, I want to use whatever I learn to do. To build other, like, I don't know if I'm making sense. No, you are. Um, it's part of the reason why I, it's part of the reason why I uh, even stopped computer science. Okay. I got to the point where I realized I don't want to get into the depth of this, this mm-hmm. academia thing. I like the high level that I'm at mm-hmm. and just being able to fuck with tools and whatnot and mm-hmm. use them as tools. Although one case though, one case I'd make for computer science in general is that 
you know, I like to... This is not a very popular opinion, but oh. I really think philosophy and computer science are the same. Uh, not the same thing, but I like to... They feel They feel the same, you know? Like, of course, you know, logic and whatever, but it's this way of looking at... The, they, they, they give you a different sort of way of looking at the world, you know? Computer science actually can be very poetic, you know? Very poetic and philosophical, if you let it. Like, I'll never forget the, the most uh, interesting course I've taken in my university career in computer science is 2150, mostly because of the prof. I thought it was like a pretty What's the name guy. of the course again? Uh, object orientation. Of course. It just... You learn the idea of something being its own entity. Just this, just viewing the world that, in the and budget. And then you have inheritance. Abstract, yeah. Yeah. Like, inheritance of features from one class to, to something else. Yeah, and that's just something. like a, yeah. a very basic way of doing it, of, of looking at it. And you learn things like, and this is something that also carries on into software engineering. You learn things like design patterns and, you know, it's, I think it, it really gives you a new perspective on, on the world, you know, you you get you get really good at chopping the world up into so many different into, into very tiny bits and then yeah. you can you can solve a whole bunch of different yeah, problems you, you um you start to look at life as a giant optimization problem <laughs> like every, that's that's a good way <laughs> honestly that is no that is literally you, you, those are the perfect words actually cuz like when whenever you're trying to do something you know you, you you have a task at hand and then you just stop for a second and think okay you break this up into as many little pieces as possible okay how do we relate all these things together boom 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 okay problem and, solved and the thing you want to do is optimize and the only thing in life life is optimizing your time and your effort spent in mm. in getting to a goal right mm -hmm. and sometimes even optimizing the amount of money mm. you have spent getting and, to a and goal and just problem solving like I think computer science is something, it's a degree, it's a very, it's a worthwhile degree. It, even if you don't want to spend your life, you know, writing code or being a code monkey or whatever, the degree is very valuable in that it gives you a very interesting way of, you know, approaching things in life, you know? I see. Because they, so many concepts are drilled into your head since first year. Like, it, it doesn't really make sense why you keep going over certain things, but like, once you sort of get to a certain point in the degree, you start to look back and be like, "Oh man, yeah, that 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 uh, that was uh, that was pretty good, you know." Mm. Yeah, and twenty one fifty, I think, was my my hands down my favorite university course. Object orientation. It it uh, it touched my soul, you know. See, although like to ju just to go uh, to touch on what I said earlier, like. I, I don't feel like, oh, uh, I understand everything there is to know about object orientation or whatever. It's, it was sm a tiny understanding of, of, this, of this paradigm that is object orientation that you learn in that course, you know? And that, that's sort of like, I don't know, like you do so well in the course and you feel, oh man, I really understand this, but you really don't, you know? You, I don't know if I'm making sense. It no, just, no, you are. It, it, it bugged me how I, I got an... Uh, an A plus in the course, mm -hmm. but then I remember afterwards I was thinking, man, but this this doesn't really reflect how deeply I understand this this course because I was just so good at writing the exams and doing the assignments. You felt like you didn't you you didn't actually deserve the A. No, like I, not that I didn't deserve it. It just felt like, it felt like too much of a game, you know, like, like oh, wait 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 so somehow somehow I I won. 
Yeah, because like I, I won this game, but I don't, I don't really understand. I just did. I what I did really well was listen to what you were saying in class. Um, and just follow the instructions. Yeah, fo- following the instructions you gave me. If like you know, he's like, okay, so you know, the prof comes, tells you, okay, he he, he teaches, right? Yeah. He write he write notes down. Okay, guys, uh, we have a test next week. Just go over what he said, and then that's going to show up on the exam. Boom, you get an A, and then it happens again and again. The same with assignments. He gives you an assignment, and one thing that you like this is it's not that big of a deal, but like he gives assignments, and the assignments would be pretty easy. But then before every class, he'd give more hints on the assignment, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's that's dope, you know, and do the assignments, and like it it just. It wasn't challenging. I didn't feel like the course beat me up, and I hate that. So it, it so it feeds into this anxiety that maybe you haven't learned as much as you should have, right? Yeah, you're not, you're not you're not as skilled in whatever you're supposed to, like yeah, I'd, be skilled in. I I learned a like I learned a bunch of things in the course that I still use today. It's just that I don't feel that. I don't know. I just feel like. Do you think that? I I, I think I know what you mean. But my question is, do you? feel like that feeds into your uh, into the motivation you that you have for choosing projects because hmm. you might yeah, might, might you might you choose a project that you might find less complex only because you have this subconscious feeling that maybe other stuff are too complicated for me to be able to get right at the outset okay so just to sort of clarify what I was trying to say because you know I'm, I'm stupid I <laughs> I I I don't I don't make a lot of sense whenever Aren't I speak. We are. Right? And that uh, Aren't we are. just just you to know, go off go off on a tangent let here. Me tell you, there's, there's, this, there's, there's this podcast is called Brilliant Idiots, okay? Uh-huh. And those guys they basically beat me to that name, okay? And I actually they didn't beat me to the name because they've been going for years and it just started this year. Mm-hmm. But my point is it's it's true. We are most of us are just brilliant idiots. Yeah, we, we just we know we know nothing. We know nothing, okay? Yeah. We just Somehow we're pretending to know something while yeah. we, while we, we know something, Bro, right? This, this but we're thing pretending of intelligence, to know. This, this social construct we have of intelligence actually gets on my nerves sometimes, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know. Because, which is, it, like, okay, just okay. to, to touch on what, what we're talking about Exactly. Earlier, with, you wanted to clarify something. Yeah. Um, so you, you see a final grade you get. You get an A plus in the course, right? What conclusions do you make about someone based off that grade oh they're oh this person oh is. they're good yeah but like you, but you he's know, only good at fixing you he's, know you he, understand okay. he's only he's only good at following that path like okay what what, what i'm trying to say no is, no i know i get you if, if you're not i think i'm having a hard time like okay vocalizing it so okay it, let me let me before i i, I lose yeah. this chain of thought yeah so it's like you know how well you understand this right you know like you know what you don't know. You get what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know the areas where you've got, like, so many knowledge gaps. Right. But then this grade that you get in this it doesn't course, reflect that. It doesn't reflect that. Like, it, it really feels like all you did was just beat a game. And those knowledge gaps. And you didn't really learn. You didn't learn much to fill in those knowledge gaps. Oh, of course, you could go in and fill them in on your own. But, but like, the question is, are those gaps pertinent to the course that you took or are they mm. are they gaps pertinent to maybe you know big uh, mm-hmm. you know like a piece of a puzzle that, that gets filled in from a different course mm. do you so know what like, i mean okay and that's that, that's actually very interesting so like it would be you know the, the course discrete math object orientation mm-hmm. right I, I, I get what you mean okay so like 
you of course a bunch of theories are introduced here right? right and i'm like okay yeah i i i i understand this in the context of the class but then like you know you you do well in the exam right mm-hmm. and then like, you're like <laughs> i i still I, i really don't i still don't really understand this right. it doesn't come in any other course but i still i still don't really understand what this is so i'll just learn about it on my own right you know so I don't even know why I I I got into this. I guess it's just the frustration that I have. No, I think I get I guess to... I, I get you. And I think I think I think I have a fair point in that maybe maybe this thing that you this knowledge gap that you seem to be sensing. Mm-hmm. There's two things, right? It could either be a gap like really something you you just passed over within the course you didn't actually delve deep into it. Mm-hmm. And therefore you're worried about that's going that that hole is going to open up in the future right mm. and technically you're supposed to know this stuff and you actually don't, you actually don't or maybe really this gap you found and it's not technically it's not a hole in the course or, or your or, or the way you covered the course but really yeah. it's a hole that is filled in from content from a different course from another course that, that adds on to that yeah, yeah. that that's a, that's a that's a good point yeah yeah personally i just i don't like to i don't like the term imposter syndrome but like oh it's very cuz it is so real I don't I don't think I have imposter syndrome. I I have a, a a light version of imposter syndrome, you know? Like I genuinely feel that I yeah. think I think it's healthy to have just a light touch of it. Cuz it because it, it's it symbolize it not it's, it, it 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 shows that uh you're thinking. Mm. You're thinking you're thinking at a level that, you know, you should be a bit skeptical about yourself. Yeah. Like do I really understand this? Like I I think you need some even a bit, just a bit, you know? Mm. It's healthy to have be just, because that's how you keep yourself in check. Mm. Right? True. I mean only it's only just one of the narcissists who think, "Oh man, I'm the shit. I know this. Right? I know this." And then yeah. And then shit goes sideways for them. Yeah. Yeah, but uh and then, so you and then you, you before 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 you uh, uh how to segue into this but you were talking about intelligence you're going to go on a rant about it, about this notion of intelligence the, the, that we have the, the social construct yeah. <laughs> this in, this uh construct of intelligence yeah you know yeah. like we're all just a bunch of idiots just making things up as we go you know like to a point yeah like to a point especially yeah. in our 20s you know we all go around oh oh i i can i can go on a rant about that man, as a say as a person doing we psychology we all we go around just you know sounding smart but oh man we're all so fucking stupid Man, like I I do this all the time, you know? How old are you? Uh I, 23. if you want to okay, 23, right? That's why I re- that's why I like to read because I'm like, man, I'm so fucking stupid. How like, huh? And I I read something I'm like, okay, this I I agree with this. Okay, I I think about it. I'm like, you oh. only have about two more years until your 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 men until your uh you just dropped a coaster. Mhm. Uh before you only have about two years until your uh prefrontal cortex is like basically solidified and set in stone kind of i don't i don't i i don't buy that it's true i don't buy that i think at any at like okay explain what you mean what what would that do to me explain what that would do to me cuz i think i'm i think your i might prefrontal cortex is the area of your brain that governs your executive thinking uh-huh your high level thinking uh-huh your 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 decision making skills and all that crap Uh-huh. right that processor mm-hmm. call it is what governs is go- is it governs 
how you process the information that you take in and mm-hmm. how you output the information that you take in, right? How you uh, how, how it's input into you, mm-hmm. how it's processed, and how it's output to you, okay? Yeah. So, between the age of 18 and 23 to 25, yeah. okay, you are considered an adult, but you're very stupid. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, very stupid. this is a conversation I have with, uh, with a bunch of my roommates all the time. Like, it's not like the moment the, the clock strikes midnight and you turn 18. This giant beam of light comes from <laughs> heaven and bestows upon you this wisdom. And you're like, oh, I'm an adult now. You know, like, mm, it's no, I, I think I touched on this uh, um, on my first episode. Yeah. Um, why the fuck? Does society allow 18-year-olds to vote and drink and drive? It's just too fucking stupid. They're still too Man, stupid to, like, to do, to, like... Honestly... Oh, no, even drinking, right? Yeah. Like, they figured that out to, uh, to the point where they okay, even... No, okay, there's some smart... I don't... Okay. No, obviously, so when, obviously... When I, when I, when I, these, these are, like, general statistics, yes. right? It's, it's not like it doesn't apply well, to every single children. person. They're still children. They're still young. Exactly. Like, even when it comes to drinking, right? Why are you allowed to vote mm-hmm. if you're not allowed to drink? No, you, like, you can drink at 18. In Manitoba, but not in the U.S. or not in everywhere, DC. right? Yeah, that's my point, right? Because some states they realize, yeah, eighteen is not good enough. You're too uh, is uh, when you're twenty, you're still too stupid to for us to allow you to drink, right? So they put it at twenty-one. Why? Are okay, you but f- what age? Okay, I think the voting voting is voting is just fine because I actually think voting age should be like even. I I personally agree. I think that a sixteen-year-old should vote. I mean. I mean, because it, at what it, age it's a balance, you, right? What age do you set the limit then? You get what I mean? Like, if if the reason you're it, not letting eighteen year olds vote is that they might be misinformed or they haven't formed like a good model of the world, who's to say that a twenty five year old is any better? You know. But that's the point, right? We we basically come to these decisions um, by general patterns, right? Mm-hmm. And somewhere. So uh, a group of people decided, you know what? We have come to the conclusion that 18 is probably... There are... The majority of 18-year-olds mm-hmm. are smart enough to make a smart decision. Yeah. Excuse me. Right? About certain things like voting. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, now we know that y- y- maybe they are, but they're not there yet. They're not yeah, they're all kinda, the way yeah, there. They're, they're, they're not fully there, yeah. but they're, they're, so Close, maybe but, maybe know. it's a debate to be had where you know what, voting is such an important thing. Uh-huh. Let's make sure that they are fully there before we allow them to vote. So, at what age do you do you? Twenty three, twenty five. Because again, once you, I w- I trust someone who makes a decision on voting uh-huh. when they're at when they were twenty five years old, because uh-huh. at least okay, this person. I have trust that they have their full mental faculties operating mm-hmm. at at the best that they can mm-hmm. operate, right? Mm-hmm. Barring effects of wh- where the health is right now. Right True. Now, yeah. Right? At eight, an eighteen-year-old? No. Um. Okay. So here's how I, I how sound I like an it. old man, but <laughs> back in my day. But but you know, eighteen-year-olds, uh, you know, too stupid. Here's, too stupid. Here's how I see it, though. Especially when it comes to the thing, the issue of voting. Like a sad reality is many people aren't really into politics, right? Yeah. So people just want what works for them, especially in politics, right? And like when 
Okay, let me give an example of uh, the Donald Trump situation. Again, this is this is. Uh, I'm I'm just uh I'm just guessing here. So like, you know, when you see the the, the Donald Trump situation, right? Yeah. There's a bunch of people that might not really understand the full repercussions of what, like on a global scale, what yeah. Donald Trump would mean to the world, right? And they they don't really care. They just you know you just care exactly. about exactly. There's people what no, works for me. I mean, I think I think it's to to. to two maybe three different things uh-huh. some people who understand they don't care some uh-huh. people they don't understand they don't understand like this guy just says okay i'll bring back oh okay all i want is all i want is a job so i can feed my family you know yeah. so like it there's many people that don't really care about all the issues you know ec- economic and economic issues or whatever you know they just care about what's happening in their lives and they make votes based off how this politician's going to make their life easier or better or whatever, right? So I think that, that which is why I think like raising the voting age is not that, uh, I don't think it's that good of an idea because like people are still going to make decisions based off what works for them. True. Especially like if you look at the, this, I don't know, this is not like, this doesn't follow that yeah, well, but yeah. if you look at the issue of climate change, right? <laughs> it's, <laughs> Honestly, it's oh. so sad. It's the hardest thing to get people to care about because it, it's not happening right now. It no, might not even it, affect you. So it's, no, no, it's it's just that people are too stupid to recognize. I, it. I wouldn't even say people are too stupid. No, it's, no, no. It's like I will go on a limb and say that. Here's why: because it is happening right now. It no, it, it they it simply don't have the ability yeah. to understand, like what they don't see happening. Exactly. Immediately. Immediately. Right. So people are just concerned about how I'm going to feed my kids how I'm going to make sure that I survive another year. You know, things like that. People are more interested in immediate things. And because a very popular right-wing uh, point when it comes to climate change is, okay, the free market will solve it. Why should the government spend my tax money on, you know, this thing that might just be like a myth or whatever, you know? It's it's a very, like... Hmm. Uh, wait, 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 wait. The free the free market will solve the yeah, issue like, of okay, climate change. So this this strong belief because, in the free market is because no, I get uh, because if it's a good idea, people if, will just adopt it. You know, what's the risk of allowing or or, or leaving it up to private enterprise to fix climate change? Private enterprise Re- is only interested in growing their profits. True. So like, I like to, I don't know. I think this is a it's a very unpopular opinion, which is I don't like to share it that often, that often. I honestly think, especially right now, with the way the world is changing, with you know the rise of AI, climate change is you know like you know, it's a, it's a, it's an actual existential threat. You know. Yeah. I genuinely think governments need to step in to make sure people are actually going heading towards a direction that. Is not going to put is going to not going to put them or their children or grandchildren at risk, you know, which is why like like with with climate change, right? I like the approach um, the Chinese government's taking with uh, electric cars and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you know how this this is my this is my theory. You know how they have a hold on like every African country right now. Here's how here's what I see happening. Okay, they're going to. Every African country is going to have Chinese electric cars, and the Chinese are going to build the infrastructure that's going to support those electric cars. Yeah, yeah, 
I mean, so that's not far off. So I don't, I don't even know why. Uh, anyway, I, I like the fact that I, I like it when, on a government level, there's some control over. You know, because if I may chime in, uh-huh. I think I know where you're going, but uh-huh. maybe I can voice it better. You'll tell me if I'm going in mm-hmm. the right direction or not. Yeah, because I'm stupid. The reason people can't. Most uh, some people can't just you know give a fuck about climate change is because it doesn't happen to them. It's right not. It's then. not immediate. It's they don't very... have the capacity to understand its full implications. Exactly. Right on the spot. Okay, because it takes a level of abstract thinking. Mm. When something doesn't happen to you right then and there, to be able to understand it properly, you have to think in the yeah. remove yourself from that situation and think of a bit of an abstract. It's a bit mm. of an abstract thought, right? Yeah. Similarly. Because people operate on such a short, short term, short term, uh, short horizon or short mm-hmm. ter- term uh, view of things, right? Mm-hmm. Business trusting business to take up the mantle of fighting climate change is also problematic because business also operates on a, on a, short on a quarterly cycle. Yeah, they right? want to make sure that yeah. they only care about the bottom line at the end of every quarter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Man, I'm too smart for this shit. Why am I here? <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. But, but uh, no, no, but, but yeah, I, I think I think it's it's the idea that only governments, and th- this goes to more than just climate change. It goes to a whole bunch of things. Only governments are able to take the long view of such, of some things. Exactly. And you know, you know what? The saddest thing with climate change, though, is, let's say there's P- uh, Republicans who they're they're okay. This is go- focusing on the United States, yeah, specifically, right? Let's say there's people on the right who could care about climate change but because they've decided to choose this uh republican worldview and it doesn't have so it, it doesn't it's incompatible exactly it's uh this thing it, called it, solution aversion where you know what this uh this ideology i've given my life to doesn't have a solution to this problem so i'll just deny the existence of the it's problem basically, oh this I, I have to go with this book and this book doesn't have a page on that issue therefore mm. It's it's not it's not a problem. Yeah. The doctor says, "Hey, you're dying. Don't eat chocolate." Oh man, <laughs> I don't like the solution. I'm not dying. You know, like. <sighs> so I, yeah. I think uh, climate change is it's a very interesting topic. As I, I like also um, anti-vaxxers. Oh man, anti-vaxxers, which is worse? Honestly, which okay. is worse? So here's here, wait, 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 here's wait, the thing. Wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. Climate change, anti-vaxxers, flat Earth. Okay. <laughs> These okay. are the three. So, this is the trifecta of the devil. Okay, so here is here's my uh, opinion on anti-vaxxers and flat earthers. I don't think. First of all, there's not many. Of, there's not that many of them. Enough of them. There's enough of well, them out there. Yeah. Have you seen? Oh, by the way, have you seen the Netflix documentary Beyond the Curve? It's about uh, a bunch of flat earthers and oh my goodness, it's the funniest, most. It's it's the best thing I've seen. One of the best things I've seen this year. It's beautiful. So it's basically a documentary about uh, a, a, they basically focus on like a few flat earthers right and uh sort of they it's just showing them how they exactly do how, they, how they go through yeah. life and it's basically the, the entire documentary is around this one conference they have uh this one flat earth conference right and so uh one of the people there is like okay basically a bunch of them are conducting experiments to try to prove the earth is flat Right, and oh they get this days. like there's this technology used in GP in GPS systems. I think it's called a gyroscope or something. Yeah. Right, and if it works a certain way, it proves that the Earth is a sphere. So one of them basically bought, spent four thousand dollars to buy one of these gyroscope things, 
and they tried it out and it proved that the earth is a curve and then they're like oh man no 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 i think they basically like came up with theories explaining why you know the readings were wrong and all that shit it's it so funny there was a really good point made in that documentary though is you know we have a tendency to ridicule people that have these types of these types of views and lots of them are genuinely they're like sm they're smart people you know they try to prove things in this realm of oh the earth is flat and they try to carry out experiments or whatever these are people who've got some some kind of scientific curiosity right so you know when you ridicule them you're actually like pushing them into a corner and that locks them into their beliefs you know i think ridicule isn't the best uh, the best remedy to, to such kinds of like especially anti-vaxxers if we're all like ah these fucking idiots ah anti-vax anti-vax like I don't know, man. No, no, we we and, oh, okay. no. We learn about it in psychology. Basically, what you're saying is correct. Mm -hmm. Basically, people as uh, people when they feel uh, like they're being attacked, they double down into yeah, their they, beliefs. Yeah, it locks locks them into their beliefs. And like, you know, I think there's not that many. I don't think there's that many anti-vaxxers, first of all, and there's not that many flat earthers. It's there's such as there's there's a minority, and what they believe in is so outrageous that. The scale, I will, the scale of the problem is uh, sort of like I will counter that blown out of proportion. You get what I mean? Yeah, I get you. I get what you mean, but I will counter by saying, mm -hmm. okay, flat earthers. You know, I could give a fuck about them, because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter as long as a politician, a policymaker, mm -hmm. is not in charge of uh, a budget committee that would uh, allocate money to NASA. And it believes the Earth is flat. I I don't care. Mm. Anti-vaxxers okay, are a bigger problem because it's actually people whose lives are affecting, right? Exactly, mm. and we've, re we've we've even seen the results, mm. right? No matter how few of them there are today, they've been there have been enough to cause the return of measles mm. on a, on a scale that we haven't seen in in a really long time, right? That, that's a, that's a good point, yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, I mean. As much as you want to say that, oh, relatively, there's not too many of them. Mm -hmm. All the really all it takes is there for them to be just enough to cause a problem. True, true. Yeah. So, yeah, ridicule is a problem. Yeah, like, I don't know how we solve that issue. I mean, because I guess you can start with empathy. First, you start. I I think people that s strongly deny that the Earth is is round or whatever. I think you have to start with middle ground first. You you bring them in first, like okay, um, explain why it is you think the Earth is flat. You know, like tell us all the things that you've you've encountered that prove that the Earth is flat, and then you know without being con, because condes being condescending is another thing that just like annoys yeah. people. This is another thing that I I I, I hated about uh, the USA, twenty sixteen election, how people yeah, yeah, were I, I, hella condescending this... towards Trump voters, making them <laughs> seem like idiots. It's okay. There's people that are genuinely intelligent that thought he was the best person for the job, right? So the whole 2016 election, so mm -hmm. one might argue, is it was uh, the result was a result of that condescension from years before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. An alienation of an entire half of the country. Exactly. Like there was a group of Trump, a bunch uh, of people uh, that um, Donald Trump to win. Yeah. Um. One of my favorite um quotes by forget her hannah arendt if that's how you pronounce her name uh german philosopher from like the 20th century mm -hmm. um this was she made she wrote this in an essay around the time during the the rise of nazism she was like 
one of the many things that leads to the rise of leaders like Hitler. It's extreme to compare Hitler and Trump, but anyway, right, yeah. let's look at them for the sake of this yeah. example as the same type of people. is a huge like fragmentation in society, you know, when society is all over the place. One person is like, hey, you know, I can fix all this shit. Like, I'll put all these puzzles together. You see, you know why there's cracks, there's cracks in this society? They, they start to scapegoat a bunch of people a bunch of immigrants uh, oh it's the immigrants oh the mexicans are taking our jobs i'll bring back your jobs Th- these people these politicians they don't care about you and you know just think think of the manufacturing workers that lose their jobs to automation immigrants or jobs going to mexico isn't the problem it's the robots taking over their jobs you know yeah. and you're like oh man this guy's got oh yeah i i believe what this guy's saying you know and he, he's going to fix all these cracks we have in society you know the last president that guy no 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 he think he only cared about blah 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 blah. This guy, this guy's gonna fix everything, and which is I don't know. Like I mean, the first step in solving these kind, uh, you have to these kinds of you have to you have to start you have to start with a place where you're trying to compromise someone, not mm-hmm. necessarily compromise, but really like establish a common middle middle ground, a yeah. common middle ground with them, right? Yeah. And obviously, you have to have empathy to do that, but mm-hmm. then you have to have established enough of a middle ground for you to start. For them, be, for them to be able to take your critique of why they're wrong. Mm. And your critique isn't necessarily telling them that they're wrong, mm-hmm. but offering them showing a... them how mm-hmm. they're wrong. Uh, because, it, again, it, it, it ties the into scientific the point I process... made earlier, actually, of thought mountains. You, yeah. You bring them up on your thought mountain I and mean, show them a view of the world. Your theory is that you have this high... You, 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 sit, you put yourself on this, uh, on this pedestal saying that, oh, your scientific process is telling you that, oh, you're correct because of X, Y, and Z, and that's why mm-hmm. you believe the Earth is not flat, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to... Because you... Th- that means the onus is... Onus is not necessarily solely on you, but you have to do your part mm-hmm. in bringing that to the table and then showing them that they don't have a scientific process to prove what they are saying and, or that okay. theirs is flawed. I think even ref- being using too much jargon when trying to break things down to people is one of the most annoying things because... I'm giving you this very weird face because I think I've heard this coming from you before. Oh yeah, you know, I hate jargon. One of my favorite people of all times. You know, I don't, I don't really try doing jargon. Okay, yeah. guys, I'm getting a bit... Yeah, this is just a little uh, quibble, a little, a little a bit of an... Quibble. Ar- <laughs> a little argument that I always have with Nasi. He always tells me that I use weird words. Like, like jar- much, jargon words. jargon. No, See, like what? I can't think of a specific example we right now. You have to go back to our Facebook chat. Text. You're putting me on the spot. Like, yeah. I, I je- okay, here's, here's one of my favorite... Um, uh, uh, I wouldn't say it's a quote, but like it's a... A sentence from, you know who Friedrich Nietzsche is? Of course. Exactly. This is one of my favorite uh, thingies by him. He is a thinker. That is to say, he knows how to make things simpler than they are. And that's one thing that the best thinkers are people who know how to really break, make what the hell's going on seem very easy, you know? Yeah. And that's that's the, that's my, my idea of thought mountains, you know? The thought mountain, like, you can only make a thought mountain if it's easy to climb, you know? Sure. If, if this thing is steep as fuck and no one can climb up this mountain, who's going to who's, who's going to come up with you and actually look at the world, you know? Yeah. So, like, like, I don't know. Uh, basically, going back, uh, like, talking about the way you bring someone, the mm-hmm. onus is not just on you, but mm-hmm. if they have a flawed scientific method... Mm-hmm. A flawed way of looking at the world. Exactly. 
that means that someone has to educate them. Exactly. And you do it in a way that doesn't make them feel like they're stupid. Making them feel like, hi, fucking idiot. You think the earth is flat? Ha ha ha. Let me tell Here's the scientific evidence that shows otherwise. That that doesn't help anything. Yeah. It, it doesn't help anyone. It just, like, they'll just ignore you or whatever. You sort of, you find a middle ground. Like, okay, explain why you think this is true. And then you come, you come in, you come in nice. And you, you explain why. Without saying, hey, you're wrong, you know. You yeah. explain to them or you show them evidence that says otherwise, you know. It's... I don't know. I don't I don't I just don't like I don't like it when you know we we look at people that don't know any better and we're always super condescending, you know? It it doesn't it doesn't help when you know you you let them know that oh you're so stupid. You're actually stupid. Even if like I'm stupid, but I think you're more stupid because you think the earth is flat. Do you think there's ever a situation where that is warranted? At some point maybe someone maybe you really just can say yeah, this guy's very stupid. Like, there probably is, probably is, but yeah, I don't... So some I, situations, I, I guess. I can't really say right now where, but yeah? I guess it can arise in a moment. Mm. Some people just prove to you that they are very, very stupid. And they're... You know, some people, I think this is something that uh, I thought of. Uh, mm-hmm. It might not be original, but I just thought it up uh, mm-hmm. a few days ago. Some people are so stupid that you... that. That they're they are so stupid that you will be the stupid one for trying to engage with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I remember um, one of my friends shared this uh, post from Reddit where this guy was talking to a, another guy, and he basically this one other guy was making an argument that you have to put the tea in the mug first before you put the milk because if you put the milk first, it cools down the tea. It cools down the yeah. Wait, 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 wait! I just I just made I just made coffee here. Which is I use the same process that it's I use. It's the same same outcome. You so, know, you so start wait, with the coffee. You start. You, put the you milk. start. You start with the tea. You put the milk. You start with the tea. You put the milk. Okay, it's you've cooled down the tea, right? Okay, it was basically this. This guy was arguing that if you put in the tea second, you mess everything up, and the outcome won't be the same. Something like that. in physics, you know, to, uh, looking I, at the physics of it, it's all the same. Yeah, but. Not really, though. I think, uh, I think, I think, uh, starting. Wait, are we really gonna talk about this? Talk about what? <laughs> how, how you mix tea and coffee? Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was just, it was just an example. You I know. think, I think we've run out of steam. Uh, yeah, I on, think we're, we can. You want to keep going? Uh, wait, talking about tea and coffee? Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I don't, I, I, I never run out of steam, and I can talk about shit all day. You know, like. I, I um I like the, one of the many reasons I like conversation is because every time I t- I talk to someone I I go back into my head and I'm like oh man what didn't I know okay, I have to learn that now you know not only that not not only what didn't you know but how did I mess up I I, I don't fo- like because that's true. Yeah. because because you can actually mess up in conversation and mm. th- think of conversation I think this is important just in a gen- as a general principle, but a conversation is just like any other interaction with someone, and you can mm-hmm. mess mess it up. You mess it up, especially if it's first like a dance, impressions, right? Yeah, especially if it's first impressions. You know, you, Bro, have, you want first to make impressions sure that big. And which is where you have to play. You know, like, my anxieties get 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 triggered so much when I think of my first impressions of yeah. certain people. Like I'm wondering, oh my god, that's what I was doing when I first met this person. How do they feel about me right now? And which is where you have to start to, you know, you might genuinely believe that this this uh. 
the way we view intel this social construct of intelligence that we have is complete bs but you yeah. know like you just have to play the game you know yeah like you have to make people think you know more than you actually do i do this all the time i like, feel i feel it like, works cuz no one like imagine if you're leading a, a group of people you want people to to oh man i this guy this guy this guy knows he knows the stuff he knows what he's doing like not like <laughs> for anyone who i've ever led on a team i i i pretty much was just making it up as i go you know no it's true i actually what, what funny thing is when it this is this is something that i feel uh, i feel strongly about but when it comes to like being uh, in being in a leadership position it's mm-hmm. not necessarily about what you know mm-hmm. uh about team um, dynamics and it's actually whole lot of it is just team dynamics mm-hmm. it's about you know what now you have a team to lead yeah make the team succeed and bring everyone else's knowledge to the table to the, yes now make it work the thing and is because that will easily overshadow whatever you can I, bring I, i genuinely feel though in some leadership situations it's good for people to know why it is that you're their leader you know and you don't have to be like this is why i'm your boss they just kind of have to see how much you know uh, you, how much they think you know about a certain situation that's a fair point like, oh yeah this guy really this guy really knows this shit you know it's like f- just as an example it's a fair um, point but i think i think uh, that those reasons of why you mm-hmm. are their leader most of the times that uh, that reason isn't isn't uh, is isn't about technical ex- expertise it's really mm-hmm. about a vision hmm. yeah a vision and whatever yeah or sure. a know-how about handling a problem not sir not necessarily the technical uh, expertise but how to marshal those those mm-hmm. expertise into solving a problem you know one thing that's interesting though is and and that's true yeah the thing with uh, working on a team is most people think they can like it gets to a point where if you and un- if you think your leader doesn't really understand their shit you know like when their no- lack of knowledge in a certain uh, in a certain area shows yeah this thing like oh man like why is this guy why is this person leading me if they the person can be really good at team dynamics and whatever but the fact that they might not really understand yeah like I, I, how to do whatever I agree with you and we I think we, and I've seen this happen so many times you know yeah like I I am this is just coming from me my perspective but mm-hmm. 10 t- uh, 9 times out of 10 I'm going to be critical of a leader mm-hmm. when they are bad at uh, at, uh, at marshalling team team dynamics mm-hmm. and resources and only one times out of 10 will I be critical of them when it comes to a knowledge gap mm. because I'm 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 just I'm just, that's just the kind of person I am mm. I'm forgiving if when it comes to knowledge, knowledge. gaps Mm. like okay not everyone is perfect okay people are always learning stuff but if you're if you've put yourself in a position of being a leader and you seem to be not even it's so some people some leaders just can't accept that maybe they're doing things wrong in, in terms of how they're managing a team mm, that and that yeah that's so true yeah cuz you know ego right ego when when ego get, gets in the way of things because you know you delude about yourself a whole host into... of problems that you shouldn't be dealing with true and like w- when you're managing a team you sort of start to delude yourself into thinking like oh man yeah there's a reason I'm I lead this team you know I obviously know more than every single one of these people here there's something that there's there's something about me that puts me uh, like N- not that everyone thinks this way but this is just how i'm imagining lot lots of people would see it like okay there's and not, not even consciously it's like a subconscious thing you know like 
there's something here that i i must know more about these people in some area so like whenever my authority or knowledge is being challenged i push back yeah. you know yeah yeah i mean that's that really is that that is literally the uh, what what makes a good leader is not what they know is how they can bring on other uh, people other people who do know to get a task done mm. um that's that, anyway. that's very interesting yeah um i think we're going to call it here um we have a party to get to yes um, uh tune in next week for part two. <laughs> i don't mind doing this again <laughs> yeah so i, I definitely uh, i definitely will be bringing bringing most of my gu- my guests that i've had so far they're they're definitely going to be coming back mm. you know you guys are important you you're one of the first cadre of people that i brought on yeah that's what i thought <laughs> <laughs> okay uh anyway um people yeah i don't know i, I in my i think uh people have heard you speak for about an hour and some change mm-hmm. so you might be an inter- in- interesting person to talk to just in in, in general right where mm. would people be able to find you i don't know man like come on instagram twitter what i don't use social media actually i deleted my oh not the accounts but i deleted the apps and i blocked the websites off every browser i have lord have mercy really yeah, cuz i don't i don't okay many you things still have i do facebook only messenger like and i guess that's for very private pe- uh, like yeah, on like is like a, on a need to, to know basis exactly. that's it. like when you guys this of, guy he doesn't ha- he doesn't have a phone number yeah he's operating in 2019 without a phone number like it's crazy like when I, when you think of why it is you need like i don't know it's just i've really been uh, you've just, you've i've been you, 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 i've been more okay, present how, how long or, have you been this unplugged uh for the past year i've started un- like I started looking at many things I do or many things I'm involved in and I start to think why. And if I can't convince myself, if I can't give myself a good enough reason, mm-hmm. then I'm like, yeah, I might as well just, you know, take take a step back. Like when like uh, you were surprised earlier and I told you I don't drink anymore. It's when I started to think uh, uh, why it is in the first place I started to drink. it was to escape certain uh ills of my character you know or we're going to a party oh i must drink so i can have more fun but why do i need to drink to have more fun you know that kind of stuff where i um i looked at you know social media and other things and i just felt that an experience i don't know i i'm okay with you know you go out you take pictures of certain things so cuz so you can relive these memories i just don't feel like what's the point of sharing sharing everything i do oh my followers must know what i'm doing now you know like and I, i'm someone who used to post on instagram like every second every time i'd listen to a song i'm like oh the song is cool i share it on my story i share it on, like every five minutes i listen to a song like i share it on my story and i'm, I'm guilty of that more recently these days and honestly, honestly i will tell you it is purely yeah purely external hmm. it's all basically it, it's it's all it's not even about you it's about the other people seeing you hmm. That's what it is. And I know and I'm guilty of it and I and I yeah, still do it. Exactly. And that's a good point. It's about other people seeing it. It's it's, it's cuz you want other people to know that. Oh, I'm someone that has oh a diverse music taste. I'm someone that you're trying to it's a character that you're trying to play, you know? Yeah. I am someone that likes to go out and have fun with my friends. I'm someone that likes to go to here. Dude, I like to go places and you know do cool things. So, I don't know. So yeah, so that's why even when it comes to social media, sometimes I dial back in terms of what what with things that really pertain to my private private life mm-hmm. i don't do much there and i just think uh, social media 
social media is making is turning people into assholes like we're, we're becoming apathetic to a lot of things because of social media you know you yeah. see a bunch of things and you're like oh no that's so sad oh it's a oh, it's, oh, a, another sad it's thing. a funny video you know like i don't know another sad thing <sighs> yeah what no, no never mind I, I thought you were going somewhere else but uh anyway i just yeah. had my last sip of coffee here my coffee's done and our time is running out. We need to get ready because we have a birthday party to get to. Hey. It's been a fun episode. Um, yeah. We had a little bit of a break in, 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 um, for about six minutes there. You're, mm-hmm. You guys are probably gonna, not going to hear that bit. Um, but, um, yeah, so this has been fun. Uh, I'm, yeah. We're about to sign off now. Uh, thank you, Nase, for coming on. I hope you have me back so I can... Uh... Of course. Display my lack of knowledge once more, you know? Of course, yeah. of course. Uh, display your lack of knowledge. I'm doing that every single episode. <laughs> That's good, you know? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I wonder if I'm talking too much, you know? And my guest yeah. isn't. Uh, sometimes I... Oh, no, actually, it, it, it's good. Because the, the the more you speak, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, nice. That's more more material for me to work with. Yeah, true. But sometimes... If you, if you like, like, I'll just... I'll just I'll just ramble. I'll talk about I would everything. rather my guest ramble. Okay, this is just, I'm going to say this before we t- sign off. I'd rather my guest ramble. Huh. Because... The, uh, every now uh, on average I feel like m- people will hear enough of my voice hmm. throughout the course of the of, of the of this uh, of, of, of the podcast right mm-hmm. how many however uh, many episodes that they listen to so I'd rather let my guest be the one who's like Who does the talking? bring themselves to the table mm. and then I can respond because because every and even then I'll, I'll run into the one guest who's a bit shy and then I have to do have, have to, to do yeah. the heavy lifting but uh, yeah, um, yeah. So guys, thank you for listening to podcast Abstractable. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. You know, <laughs> this video is being sponsored by Squarespace. I wish I had people paying me for this. Yeah. Maybe one day. But um, yeah, you guys can find the uh, podcast on all your favorite streaming platforms. Um, be don't be afraid to uh, reach out to my Twitter or Instagram handle if you have any input and suggestions, or if you just wanna have a little or complaints if you want to or complain complaints yes please no, how no, no. terrible this podcast is no no i need he, he I, accepts I, those uh, those need, kinds of messages you guys, know guys i need feedback i need i need i need feedback you know i'm only just starting out so he i need seeking to... validation okay no no i need to know where i'm fucking up so i can be better anyway uh you guys take care <laughs>